Hey guys, and welcome back to the Talking Fit Podcast. We are here with you today, welcoming you back. We've had a, a slight hiatus for a couple weeks, but we're back in action and uh, ready to talk about binging on the weekends and controlling uh, your nutrition intake when it comes to weekends and all things related to that topic. So, welcome back. Yeah, the the Badger family got hit with COVID. Oh, man. Yeah, my 10-month-old <laughs> son had COVID, and then he gave COVID to my wife, and then he gave it to me, so... Uh, we were quarantined for like two weeks straight, me, my wife, and my baby. So it was, it was, it's been a long two weeks, but everyone's healthy. Uh, so now we're back to, uh, recording these and, and getting them out to you guys. So, uh, speaking of time off, uh, from work, uh, we're talking about today is probably one of the most common, uh, hurdles I deal with when it comes mm-hmm. to nutrition clients. Uh, and even in like my personal life, just everyday people is, is the weekends, how to stay on track. Uh, during the weekends, stay consistent during the weekends with your nutrition, mm-hmm. with your fitness, uh, so that you can continue to see results uh, and, and so that the weekends aren't the thing that's holding you back. Uh, so one of the things, uh, the first things I would talk about, uh, this is conversations that I have with people, mm-hmm. is that if they tell me how, oh, I'm, you know, I'm quote unquote, I'm good Monday through Friday, like I'm so <laughs> yep. good or I can stay on track and then the weekends, it's just all over the place and, and they feel like they can't stay on track. Uh, for most people, what I find is that their their idea of what on track versus off track is can be kind of distorted, mm-hmm. and it creates like this unnecessary pressure to be perfect. Mm-hmm. So the the pressure to be super super strict and regimented with your nutrition uh, is you know Monday through Friday it's it's very strict. So that when the 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 leash is taken off on the weekends, mm-hmm. you go, the pendulum swings really hard in the other direction. Mm-hmm. So I think the first hurdle to, to get over with if you're dealing with this is to understand that uh, if you can be more flexible with your idea of what a consistent diet looks like, you're less likely to then binge eat on the weekends mm-hmm. because you it doesn't, the novelty is, is gone. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. I think it's in realizing too to know that like, what your your balance is going to be different based upon what your goals goals are. Like we were saying prior to uh, talking on here with you guys that again, like if your goals are to have a six pack, be the most shredded dad in the world, yeah, you're gonna need ninety percent on track. That ten percent maybe half a day on Sunday per se. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're more realistic with your goals and speaking from how you feel about yourself, you know, good way eighty twenty, feeling good, being strong, performing well. Again, you want to shoot for maybe the more eighty twenty to where. You're still, I would say, in my opinion, how I feel being able to start your days um, with something whole food, uh, nutrient dense on, like, say, your Saturdays, uh, Saturday and Sunday, and then from there, the rest of your day, you can allow some for some more fluctuation. Now, the reason I say start your day that way is I found with myself and also um, with my clients that uh, starting your day with something that's you know better for you allows you to feel fuller mm-hmm. and again is more nutrient dense it allows you to not kind of go off the rails for the whole rest of the day and yeah to the side yeah so I think I think that so if we we're breaking it down so so start, starting off with the first point would be you know uh, if you're having trouble with the weekends before you even start dealing with that what is your Monday to Friday realistically look like mm-hmm. or what should it look like so I think there's two uh, categories you can kind of break that into. You got the people who are way too strict, yep. too restrictive Monday through Friday, 
they're eating, you know, uh, two egg whites or or just a scoop of protein for breakfast, mm-hmm. and they're just eating a salad for lunch, and then they're eating like steamed veggies and boiled chicken for dinner, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and they're not allowing any flexibility. They're not allowing themselves to eat a bagel if they want one, or or to have a glass of wine, and they're missing out on social things. So then when Friday night or Saturday morning rolls around, it's just like an all out, you yeah. know, the, the reins no are off, bar, and, yeah. and they kind of just ghost on the weekends like as a client you may not even hear for them yep. for t- for two or three days and then on monday it's like oh the weekend was crazy that's one category it's super super strict monday to friday mm-hmm. balls to the wall on the weekend then you have the other category of people which i find is is just as common mm-hmm. is people who think they're super super consistent during the week mm-hmm. And then they also go off the rails on the weekend. <laughs> yes. So yep. you'll get people who say like, oh, I'm so, I'm so you know, good. good during the week. But realistically, yep. your week isn't super consistent. And with what I find with these people is they're not prioritizing protein. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not eating, you know, a lot of whole foods. They're just realistically uh, kind of starving themselves or even unintentionally. Yep. Like they'll just wake up, they skip breakfast. They have a cheese stick for lunch. Mm-hmm. Then dinner rolls around and they're starving. So they justify eating more at dinner because they didn't eat all day. But they're taking that as I'm on track because I'm barely eating. And then mm-hmm. the weekend comes and now they're also overeating on the weekend. So realistically, the whole week is just inconsistent. So so those are the two the two kind of uh, categories that I would break like the the average person to is you know they're really not consistent at all they're just convincing themselves they are you have people who are way too restrictive and they're just eating you know like I said boiled chicken and vegetables all weekend and they're eating pizza and beer all weekend mm-hmm. so what I like to do is kind of meet in the middle yes yep. and basically set up some daily like non-negotiable nutrition, you know, goals to hit. Mm-hmm. And if you can stay in those goals or hit those goals, you can have a lot of flexibility. So one of the ones that Tyler just referenced is like sticking to more whole food based uh, meals, uh, eating high protein. So uh, for, I know Tyler does this with his clients. I do this with mine is the two parameters I set is mm-hmm. uh, tracking your calories and yep. tracking your protein. And I know that if you've worked with either one of us or you've listened to any of these shows, You're probably sick of hearing that by now, but it's just how it works. If you're tracking your protein and tracking your calories, there's a lot of wiggle room that you can have when it comes to, you know, your food selection and Mm -hmm. what you can eat. And that flexibility will then allow you to, you know, to be, to eat foods you like during the week. So you're not fetishizing them for the weekend coming Mm -hmm. up. So let's say you're eating, uh, you know, you're hitting your protein and your protein goal is 150 grams of protein a day. Protein is four calories per gram. So that means only 600 calories of your day, if you're getting 150 grams of protein, only 600 calories of your day needs to be protein. Yeah. That's a really small amount. Let's say you're, you're a, an average female and you're eating 16, 1700 calories. You still have like over a thousand calories now that you can eat carbs and fats from. So that gives you a lot of wiggle room. That means you can easily fit a glass of wine. You can easily fit a cookie here and there. So I think the first step would be learning how to track your food so that you can give yourself the wiggle room to eat some of the foods you like during during the week. And obviously, I'm sure that that's what you do with your clients too. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. We all the same principles, very similar principles when it comes to nutrition. Just realizing that there is uh, much more of a, a realistic approach and uh, a more lifestyle-based approach that you can adhere to when you simply just track your protein and catch, track your calories. And again, we do sound like a, a replay record, guys, but... It's, it's the same things that we relate to core principles when it comes to your nutrition as it is the 
core principles uh, and core say we'll say movements with your strength training. Yeah. You stick to the basics, you master the basics as you would with any skill, and you repeat them over and over and try to perfect them. You know, we're not uh, adding in <coughs> random uh, 10,000 10, calorie cheat days or these huge, you know, monster meals just to, you know, do it to add in something new, you know, or we're sticking to the basics and again, hitting them consistently over time and realizing that you do have the freedom to enjoy the things that you like while also you know eating the food that you need as well yeah and, and like we always say like having that knowledge uh gives you a lot of control so mm-hmm. uh most people just they don't know how many calories they're eating and they don't know how much protein they're eating they don't know how many calories are in some of the food choices that they're making so it just ends up being a guessing game all day and when you're guessing you're more likely to make overly restrictive food choices yep. so for example if i had no idea how many calories are in the foods i'm eating or how much protein is in it i'm just going to go based off of what has been told to me throughout my life what's good and what's bad yeah. so that means yep. when i'm eating yeah yeah exactly so that means when i'm eating like uh you know dinner i'm not gonna eat you know pasta because someone told me in the past that pasta is bad so that means i'm gonna eat like just these steamed vegetables over and over mm-hmm. by friday i'm sick of them whereas if i understand calories i understand that it's okay to eat some pasta it's okay to eat a bagel for breakfast if you want you just gotta hit these two parameters hitting your protein and tracking your calories and if you can stay within those uh, you know within those ranges meaning if your goal is 1600 calories, it doesn't matter if you eat 1675 or 1575 or 1627, yeah. having that less rigid, those less rigid barriers, it gives you more freedom and, you know, it, it gives you the room to kind of, you know, make some of those food choices that you may not uh, make normally when you're not tracking because you're just afraid that eating this one cookie is going to make you fat. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said, then why would we not just end the podcast there? Like if it's that easy, like if it's that easy, why doesn't everyone just do it? Well, because there's a lot of nuance to it. So like when we talk about like an 80, 20 or a 90, 10 lifestyle, you know, having a realistic idea of what that looks like can help guide your behavior. So if you know that what is 10 to 20% flexibility mean, it means that if you want to have a couple of beers on a Thursday Mm -hmm. because you're watching the game with friends or it's someone's birthday, that means that that's not a big deal. It's a very small drop in the bucket of your entire day, of your entire week. What a, the mistake a lot of people make is when they start tracking their food, it becomes like this challenge every day for them to try to fit in every single thing they crave for the day without going over their calories, and then it becomes super stressful because they're trying to eat you know Eggo waffles for breakfast and have you know a, a glass of wine or, or two at dinner and still be able to eat a sub from Subway for lunch mm-hmm. uh, but then they're like oh, why is it so hard to hit my protein so with that with the 80 20 90 10 kind of lifestyle looks like it means 80 to 90 percent of the time meaning if you're eating four meals a day at least three to three and a half of those meals are based around a protein mm-hmm. or you're getting 30 to 40 to 50 grams of protein per per sitting depending on your protein goals you're eating two to three servings of veggies a day mm-hmm. and i know this sounds like a lot of stuff to check off but realistically speaking if you eat you know uh an omelet in the morning yep. you throw some peppers and onions in there and some spinach and you have uh you know some oatmeal on the side you've already checked off like a bunch of the the stuff for that meal yeah uh so yeah. i think you know uh, one of the criticisms I got from my wife when she was on our podcast was that I go off on a lot of tangents. <laughs> so uh, I'm trying to stay on track. Uh, but anyway, my point... We love your tangents. Yeah. <laughs> but my point being that 
the first step would be just start tracking your food with a calorie and a protein goal yep. that's realistic, not 1,100 calories a day. You know, make it a realistic, sustainable goal. And so start tracking and try to find what foods make it the easiest for you to hit those numbers. So I know for me, if I'm eating pancakes for breakfast, it's way harder to stay within my numbers. 100%. But if I'm eating, you know, eggs and uh, oatmeal for breakfast most of the time, it's easy. Mm -hmm. Now, th now, where does the 90-10 play in in that? That means if one morning I want to have a bagel with cream cheese instead of oatmeal, it's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. That means if I usually eat like salmon steak, uh, chicken, you know, oh, or protein, yeah, yeah, for for dinner. Yeah. If one night we want to make tacos, it's not a big deal. It's yeah. you know, what I mean, it's not a cheat. We're just gonna eat them, and it's not a big deal because again, most of the time I'm eating these you know whole food based high protein meals. Mm -hmm. So if once in a while, uh, you know, we want to order a pizza on a Friday, it's not ruining my my whole mm -hmm. life. You know, my my goals. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I think uh, something that, well, I won't say I think I know for sure, I've had clients reach out to me. Uh, a large thing that it seems that people tend to struggle with when it comes to the weekends is uh, there's multiple. And I mean, I used to, you know, back in the day when I uh, coached simply uh, macronutrient coaching, uh, it always elicited for a cheat meal yeah. on the weekends. And uh, I think there's a lot of stigma around the word cheat per se when it comes to, you know, your diet and how you choose to eat. Um, again, there's no, there's no good foods or bad foods, guys. There's simply food and the foods that you choose to eat. Um, as far as uh, you know, returning to the cheat meal, I feel like that it starts to build this psychology that you're doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. Like you're taking a, a step. You've done all this great work throughout the week, and you get to the weekend, and now you can do something that's kind of sneaky and sly, and yeah. you know, gives you this nuanced feeling that you're doing something wrong. When realistically, again, if you keep your core principles, your core pillars of making sure your proteins right your calories, right? You're staying on track throughout the week. You're staying active. Um, getting your structure of exercise and movement in as well, like you will continue to stay on track. So when the weekend comes, you don't have that same structure that you have Monday through Friday, generally speaking. Um, most people tend to travel when mm -hmm. it comes to the weekend or go on vacation or uh, have access to foods that aren't quite as uh, nutrient dense. Like it's okay because you set those principles Monday through Friday, have been able to stay on track. And then again, when it comes to those weekends, stick with those same principles, but just allow for a little more flexibility. Yeah, and that's a really good point. So, like, yeah. so basically, what we're saying is like, don't schedule out cheat meals for yeah, yourself yes. because when you're doing that, you're already like putting in your mind so that that emphasis. you're going off. <laughs> you're going off yeah, you're going off the rails on that mm -hmm. meal because it's your only opportunity to have it. So. I always say to like like one of the things that I've d adapted as a coach is to not I don't schedule cheat meals for clients I don't schedule cheat meals for myself what I do is you know allow life to happen sometimes exactly. so what that means is on the weekend if you take out you know salmon in the morning to defrost because you're gonna cook it on Saturday night and you're like I'm eating salmon tonight I'm gonna stay on track you know and then you know you happen to you know have a change of plans you go out to dinner you know that's it, not the end of the world mm -hmm. you you have you allow life to happen once in a while you just stick to some core principles that you know work and more importantly they you know that these are the right choices for your health not just for weight loss so some of those principles will be having a protein source at every meal mm -hmm. making sure you're drinking enough water you know eating eating vegetables and stuff like that so Tyler's taking a big sip of water while I said that so like uh uh 
what that what that looks like if you were to lay that out that means like on the weekend if you do go out to dinner that it's not a huge sacrifice if you order uh you know a strip steak and uh a baked sweet potato and a veggie mm-hmm. instead of ordering the lobster mac and cheese you know what i mean so like now you start to realize because some people will will just view the idea of going out to eat as like this novelty thing that's like uh, prohibited. So when they do go out to eat, it's like, oh, I, I know, I, I know this is bad. So I'm just gonna go off the rails. And they order the lobster mac and cheese. Yeah. And they get three margaritas. And they end up eating like a three thousand calorie meal, which sounds like a lot, but realistically, it is easy to put away two thousand, three thousand calories in one sitting at oh, like a, a restaurant. But if you understand the principles and the fact that you know we're not talking good foods and bad foods, we're talking about setting some non-negotiables. So now the 80-20 would look like 80 is, okay, I'm going out to dinner. I'm going to order a lean protein source mm-hmm. uh, with a veggie. And for that third part of my meal, I'm going to be flexible. Yep. So that means I'm going to get uh, you know a chicken, salmon, steak with a veggie on the side. But if I want to have some fries with that, it's okay. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what 80-20 looks like. 80-20 yeah. doesn't mean... I eat steamed ch- chicken and vegetables Monday through Friday, and I eat macaroni and cheese and grilled cheese and bagels and french fries Friday night through Sunday morning. You know what I mean? 80-20 is if you're looking at each individual meal, you have a lean protein, you have a produce source, and for that third part, you can be a little flexible. Mm-hmm. And what happens is when you eat that serving of protein and that serving of veggies, you're going to then eat less of the, the 10 to 20% food, whereas you might have one serving of fries. Whereas if you were to eat a burger and fries and call it a cheat meal, you might have an entire basket of fries, mm-hmm. you know. And then now you're also saving some calories for, you know, if you want to have a couple of drinks, like it's not a big deal. But again, these are, if we're looking at the weekend, it's two days out of seven day week. Yeah. Um, that means if you're eating two or three meals Saturday and Sunday each day. If one of those meals on Saturday and one of those meals on Sunday is more lenient than normal, it's not going to negatively affect you. You know what I mean? If you have a few hundred extra calories on Saturday night that you wouldn't have normally eaten on a Monday through Friday day, it's not that big of a deal. It's just Mm -hmm. that most people are so mentally restrictive Mm -hmm. of what they're allowed to eat that when they say, oh, it's the weekend I'm going to let loose, it just goes so fucking far Mm -hmm. in the other direction that then it trickles into your week. So then Monday you feel like crap, mm-hmm. so you have a worse workout. Yep. And then by Wednesday, you're like, well, I already blew this week because Monday I, I slept in and I didn't work out and this and that. And now you're already halfway through another week coming up on another quote-unquote cheat weekend. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you can just have a more a healthier relationship with food and understand that 80-20 looks like on a plate, two out of the three food choices on your plate are high protein with a high with a good nutrient dense produce source and that mm-hmm. third part is a little more flexible it's a little bit more um you know it's a little easier to maintain or a lot easier to maintain actually long term yeah I, I love that you touched on like saying that it, it delves into it starts to so if you go completely off the handle off the rails on the weekend then it starts to get into your monday it starts to then go into your tuesday i love that you touched on that because there's so much of the again like the psychological correlation between you feeling like you overstepped a boundary and overdid something, so then you beat yourself up about it. And now Monday comes, it's like, all right, well, you know, the weekend already happened. It's just another day, and it starts to spiral out of control. Yeah. So rather than again, you having the five five days consistent and say, uh, you know, two where you're you're simply more on track but not going off the rails, you turn it into now. It turns into now. It's three days 
then four, yeah. then all of a sudden you're, uh, we'll, we'll say your, your ratio of living a more balanced, healthier lifestyle to reverting back to old patterns starts to become to, uh, it's a little more even to four to three, yeah, and three to four. And then it starts to transition over. To and then you're 80, 20, courses. 80% off track, yes. 20% on track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the funny thing about it though, is that I'm being very generous by saying the weekend is Saturday and Sunday, I know, some which Friday, yeah, was some, I've, I've worked with plenty of people where their weekend behavior starts on like, Friday night or Thursday night and then (laughs) goes all the way till Monday morning Mm -hmm. and then Monday morning they're like all right this week I'm gonna be good but again Monday Tuesday Wednesday and then Thursday Friday Saturday Sunday are all off so now we're talking like you said four days off three days on that's not consistency but the reason why this is happening is because you're creating this vicious circle where you're being good and then you're being bad. And then it's 80% good, 20% bad. And after a while of doing that, you start to, like you said, the bad starts to become the, normal. the norm. Yeah, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So for, for me, what I like to do is take away that, that idea of good yeah. and bad and just look at it as, you know, above all else, getting enough protein and getting adequate calories in a controlled manner. And then from there, you can start to, that will then guide your food choices. So you can't see me because it's a podcast, but if you're working it down like a pyramid, the bottom of the, the pyramid would be protein and calories. That's like your two, your, your two uh, main things. And then over the right behind it is like, you know, now we can get into like your food selection choices. Mm-hmm. And then the stuff that's gonna matter the, the least bit, that little tip of the pyramid is gonna be your rare, occasions where you're drinking too much or eating too much and these are going to be like your holidays your birthdays Mm -hmm. things like that these things don't affect you as much as you think they do most people are just so inconsistent Mm -hmm. that they start then blame their weight gain or lack of weight loss on well uh you know the hol it's the holidays the holidays are (laughs) holidays is thanksgiving and christmas and we can maybe count christmas eve and New Year's Eve in there. So we're talking four days, four days from, you know, November to January. Uh, That's realistically what holidays are, but most people, they don't want to admit it, but mentally the holidays for them start like September 13th. You know what I mean? Like middle of September, they're already throwing down Halloween candy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, and, and off track and, and mentally they're thinking, I'm going to just start in January. Yeah. But then they start in January, it goes out the window by February, and then it's, like it's you said, now we're 80% yeah. off, 20% on. Yep. So, uh, again, not to get off on too much of a tangent, but if you, I hope this is making sense to you guys, which is if you have an understanding of you don't need to have a cheat meal yep. all the time, you, what you need is a better understanding of how calories work and setting some daily non-negotiables for yourself. Mm-hmm. So daily non-negotiables will look like eating a protein source at every meal, mm-hmm. having a veggie two to three times a day, and then drinking enough water. I guarantee you if you are to do nothing else, you just did those three things, You're you so would so solve so. a lot of issues. Yeah. And understanding that if you hit those three things, you are are still allowed to have a glass of wine on a Tuesday yes. or go out to eat on Thursday. You just still have to hit these things. And again, when you're still when you're trying to hit your protein, you're gonna be way more full, mm-hmm. less likely to binge, less likely to sna- have mindless snacking. And then when the weekend comes around, you're not like, oh, I just can't wait to have my cheat meal because there's no scheduled cheat meal. And 
if you want to go out to eat on Thursday, you can. You're, there's no there's no one telling you you can't. You're, you're setting these imaginary boundaries for yourself, mm-hmm. you know? That's what I find the cheat meal, the whole premise behind the cheat meal starts to do for people and clients in general is it starts to set up these big parameters and these boundaries that like saying, hey, okay, I have, this is the only time I can actually enjoy foods that I love or that like I really like to, we, we all have, I mean, eating cons- consumption of water and food is the main way in which we all just survive every day. So at a, at a, a basis level, pretty much everyone, I would say generally speaking, likes to eat food. So mm-hmm. if you tell people that they aren't allowed to have something that they want, what are you going to think about? The exact food that you can't have. I tell you yeah. guys to think about a pink elephant. What are you going to think about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A pink elephant immediately, right? That's going to be the first thing you think about. So uh, uh, listening and allowing people to stick to these these main principles and these, and these core values will give you, it, it's, it's a cheat code, basically, there's the word cheat. It, it's a code for life. It is a code for not only just the weekend, but that you can take into your daily habitual consistency to allow you to stay on track. Yeah, well, so let's, let's, so to, to compare it to something, mm-hmm. let's compare it to like spending money. Yeah. Like we all have to spend money on necessities, right? Like mm-hmm. you have to pay your rent or mortgage. You got to pay, you know, your health insurance, whatever it is, like whatever your expenses are for the month. Yeah. Right. So that is the equivalent of your protein and your total calorie window. Yes. Those are like your non-negotiables. So like if, so if we're again if we're if we're talking in terms of money, there is nothing inherently good or bad yep. that you spend money on. It just mm-hmm. matters what fits into your exactly. personal budget, you know, based on how much you make versus what your expenses are. So, for example, it's not wrong or bad to buy a Mercedes, right? Like an eighty thousand dollar Mercedes, yeah. right? Yep. But if you make Forty thousand dollars a year. It's probably not a good way to spend yeah. the money for you right now. Mm-hmm. So that means your budget is different. But again, it's not wrong or bad. It's just it doesn't fit your budget. So when it comes to calories, based on your current goals, if your goal is weight loss and you're trying to control total calories, mm-hmm. it may not be a good idea for you to overconsume like chips three nights a week yep. every single week. But does that mean having chips are bad? No, it just means for you, you have to budget chips differently than someone else. So if you're if you're talking about someone who's you know, has a lot of lean muscle and they're very very active, they may be may be able to eat a bag of chips every day and not gain a pound. But if you're live if you're an average person living a pretty sedentary lifestyle, you're at a desk nine hours a day and you're working out two or three times a week. You just can't eat as many chips as the other person. Mm-hmm. That's just how it works. It's mm-hmm. not, you know, it's not. It may not seem fair in your eyes, but that's just how it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, like if, if we're comparing it to spending money, you know, uh, it's not wrong to spend money on shoes or to spend money on a trip, but you don't do that every single day. You're not going on, you know, road trips or vacations. <laughs> three out of four weeks a month because you have a job and you have responsibilities. So when it comes to food, you have responsibilities, meaning you gotta get in enough nutrients throughout the day, you wanna eat enough protein. So those are your responsibilities. It's probably not within, you know, a reason for you to just be eating whatever the hell you want, whenever the hell you want. Mm-hmm. And on the flip side of that, it's not helpful for you to be over restrictive, to be afraid to eat certain things. Mm-hmm. So again, so we wanna meet in the middle, meaning if you can hit these small, these these three daily non-negotiables, eating two to three servings of veggies, eating protein source at every meal, and drinking you know adequate water, 
you can then have flexibility for the rest of your day to, to, to eat some, some things that you want. But mm-hmm. these three non-negotiables are going to help prevent you from overdoing it. Mm-hmm. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I agree. Um, one of the things we, one of the other things that we brought up though before we started recording was, you know, parents, people who have yeah. kids, and kind of dealing with their kids' schedules, you know, because yeah. they, the parent themselves has a job, a career where they're working eight to ten hours a day, mm-hmm. and then the weekend comes, and now they've got kids, sport games, school events, or driving them, or family engagements. So you know, again, we're not expecting you on the weekend to sit there and have your phone out and my fitness palling every single thing that you eat. But is it going to be that much of an inconvenience to, if you are gonna go out to dinner that night mm-hmm. with your family, to just look up the menu ahead of time and have an idea of what yeah, your exactly. options are, yep. to maybe go to a local restaurant where you know they cook the food there as opposed to going to like TGI Fridays where mm-hmm. everything is like very processed and, and, and you know microwaved and things like that. Yep. So. Uh, again, if we're uh, people are dealing with hectic schedules on the weekends, and they're like, "Well, it's 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 very hard for me to you know stay on track and eat healthy on the weekend." Yeah, again, you have to reframe your idea. What does eating healthy mean? I'm not expecting you to be packing salads in Tupperwares and carrying it every to all your kids' sporting events, but you know. Maybe don't stop at McDonald's. Yeah. Like, let's start <laughs> <Yeah>. there. <laughs> let's go somewhere where it's a little more nutrient. Yeah, yeah. A little more uh, nourishing for the body. No, I, I agree 100%. I find that, uh, again, mo- multiple mini clients that I have are parents, and they find the weekend is the time of where the kind of life is just kind of explodes. Things are all off charts. It's all, it's all um, not very structured as they have during the week, so I find it much harder to stick to. But again, I think it's when it comes to nutrition in general, preparedness. Um, and being prepared and taking that time to just do the small things, whether it be looking at the menu. And in my in my opinion, actually, my clients, I wouldn't I wouldn't want them to be tracking every single thing over the weekend. When it comes to having a, a nutrition coach, I, I think a, a lot of clients, a lot of people think that it's like, all right, I have to be perfect. Uh, I have to hit this exact number, this calories every single day. Like if I'm not, I'm off course. They put all this anxiety and this pressure on themselves prior to even taking the action and doing so. Yeah. And in my opinion, I would rather you start to build that skill over time of the weekend comes, okay, you don't know exactly what's going to be, you know, in the meal that you're having, um, you, but you have now have the knowledge, okay, this probably has another tablespoon of oil in it or things of that nature. Or again, just looking at the menu to see what's on the menu. Can you get something that, again, has your proteins and your veggies and a good source of carbs and taking that time before so you can start to learn the nuance between um, if I have a certain goal that I'm trying to reach, can I do it through tracking consistently all the time? Yes, of course. But also know that you don't have to do it over the weekend and put all that crazy amount of stress on yourself when you have your kids screaming or, or you have Carter on your chest crying because he doesn't feel good. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, that's a really good, it's a really good point to understand. It's like uh, people go into nutrition programs already building up in their mind. It's like yes. this really... Yep. Oh, hard but temporary task and realistically it should be a pretty smooth long-term approach so for so again uh, we were talking about this before we started recording you know people and this was the point that tyler brought up he's like i feel that one of the problems that people have is they put these 
temporary time frames or these imaginary time frames on when they need to achieve their goal by. Mm -hmm. So it puts a lot of pressure. And then in order to achieve that goal, they start to take drastic, unsustainable measures to hit that goal. So for an example, um, if you have someone who's like, let's say they're doing a bodybuilding competition, right? And they're 12 weeks out. For 12 weeks, they have to be super, super strict. They have to be watching every ounce of food they put in their body. And, you know, they're drinking X amount of water, then whatever they're doing, they have a specific date they have to be completely shredded by, right? Mm-hmm. That describes 1% of 1% of people <laughs> yes. in the world who are actually yep. doing that. So if you're in the other 99.999% of people who are just trying to look better, feel better, and live a healthier lifestyle, you don't need to be that regimented. Now, does that mean you can do whatever the hell you want? Like, obviously not. But... If you're putting, if you're going into, whether you're working with a coach or not, let's say you are like, oh, you know, it's September, the summer's over, I want to really start getting my nutrition on a better track. Don't say, I need to lose X amount of weight by this time. Start with your daily habits. And the reason why this helps is because, again, we're trying to look at the overall behavior. So if you look at a 52-week year, 365 days, Mm -hmm. if one day a week... Mm-hmm. you're way more lenient than you normally would be. That's 52 days out of a 365-day year. That's not going to harm you. But if you're putting these like you know, these time frames on when you need to lose the weight by, you're going to be really, really strict for like two months maybe. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to be off the rails for three, which goes back to what we talked about before. Your, your bad behavior is supposed to become your, your norm. Yep. Um, so w- an advice that I would give is it kind of circling back to the first thing we we're talking about is not being super, super strict and doing these unsustainable things like you know cutting out certain foods and all of that stuff. Pay more attention to your daily behavior. Mm-hmm. Am I eating protein, hitting my protein goal within 10 grams the majority of the week? Yeah. Over the course of a year, if you keep up with that, you will see really good results, but you've got to be patient. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So again, what is your goal? Is your goal to drop some pant sizes and feel better, look better? Awesome. You could do that by being pretty reasonably flexible. Mm-hmm. But you have to just learn how to do that and that's where tracking comes in. But like Tyler said, even when you're tracking, mm-hmm. if once a week or twice a week you're not tracking meticulously but you you have an idea mm-hmm. of what you should be doing, meaning, okay, I'm going out to eat, I know that getting two vodka seltzers is probably gonna be a lower calorie option than getting four like frozen margaritas. Mm-hmm. That sounds like common sense, but most people just don't make that decision. So, you know, uh, it's making these small little choices and it's having realistic expectations. So I know when I go to a restaurant, I understand that if I get, uh, you know, uh, the salmon with rice and a veggie, that it's definitely not going to be as palatable as the, you know, the chicken bacon ranch pizza. Like, I know that. But what am I, what is my you know, motive for that meal, Mm -hmm. you know, what, is it my time right now to be super lenient? And and, and that's really what it comes down to is like, sometimes you're going to feel like eating the pizza and it's Mm -hmm. okay. Eat the pizza. And then the next day just go back to normal. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, and that's where your weekends come in. So if you're super busy and you're with your kids and they're very picky and they only want to eat at certain restaurants, just build a mental menu for yourself. Understand, okay, these are the three restaurants my kids like. I'm gonna have two 
options at every restaurant I go to with my kids that I know are going to fit within my, you know, reasonable restrictions that I'm putting on my diet. Yeah. So that means even if I'm going to McDonald's, it means I'm just going to get the grilled chicken sandwich with no mayo instead of getting a Big Mac. Mm -hmm. It's really, that's how simple it can be, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Those day-to-day choices. It's, It's the small, consistent choices that we make every single year that lead to the lifestyle in which we will yeah. lead and live for that entire year, um, in my opinion. I do have, actually, a couple of FAQ or excuse me, yes, I have three FAQs, uh, excuse me, not FAQs, I have three um, questions Okay. for uh, underrated, overrated. Okay. All right, so, um, these are three that I got off from uh, our Instagram uh, this week, actually, all right, and they're all related to nutrition, so thank you guys out there who did ask these, all right? So, all right, uh, number one, I, I thought this was a really good one. Uh, intermittent fasting, underrated or overrated? Oh, I think it's definitely overrated. Yes, yeah, I yeah, agree. Yeah. And yep. the reason, reason being is I think people don't understand, uh, it's kind of what we were talking about this whole podcast, they don't understand how calories work. Yep. So they don't understand that whether I eat, if I eat 1,800 calories a day, mm-hmm. it, doesn't mean if, it doesn't matter if I eat six 300 calorie meals or two 900 calorie meals it doesn't matter if i eat at 7 a.m or 7 Mm p.m the as long as i'm hitting that amount of money or that amount of calories (laughs) the comparison i was going to make is if you spend 40 40 (laughs) if you spend 40 dollars at 8 a.m or you spend 40 dollars at 8 p.m it's still 40 dollars so uh i think intermittent fasting is probably one of the most overrated you know uh dietary practices that i see just because again if you're talking about people who are selling that lifestyle to mm-hmm. you, it's easy to coach that because all you have to do is tell people, oh, you can't eat until 12 and you yeah. have to stop eating at 6. So for the the, the coach, it's easier and they can coach 10,000 people that yeah. way. Um, whereas if you're actually explaining calories and, and dealing with people's habits and lifestyles, it's mm-hmm. much more intricate and you know it's harder and people don't want to do hard work. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to go off on a whole th- deal on this, but with intermittent fasting, the one thing that most people don't tell you is a lot of these coaches and trainers that you see that intermittent fast, they also still track their calories and protein. Yep. So they're <laughs> yes. just choosing to not eat At in the morning window, yep. because it just that just fits their lifestyle, yep. but they're still tracking their calories. Yep. So uh, yeah, short answer is very overrated. Yeah, oh no, I would agree 100% can speak from uh, actual personal experience of intermittent fasting, but the reason I did so is because I knew what my protein and calories were going to be, what I needed them to be every day, and I just did it because I had a huge appetite, yeah. and I noticed from restricting the window in which I could eat in, my stomach felt tighter, so uh, getting into later in the day when I could then eat the amount of calories that I needed to be in, you know, it was a relatively aggressive uh, deficit, uh, for me at least, and I found it just made it easier in terms of like a habitual consistency to stay in the deficit. That being said, I think enough people don't have enough of the core concepts and um, just ability to, again, be able to track your protein, yeah. track your calories, because you need that as a baseline when it comes to any type of, of window in general. I always tell my clients in terms of like eating, if you want to eat one time a day or if you want to eat seven times a day, it's completely up to you. It's whatever's going to work the best in terms of building the consistency with your habits and your schedule. Everyone's going to be different. Yeah, I'll eat twice a day sometimes, huge meals, yeah. about 2,000 calories per meal or more. And then there's other times, uh, say, maybe a weekend or go on vacation, I can split it up in more to three because I just have more time. Yeah, simple yeah. what it is. Uh, but again, still keeping my protein and calories the same based upon what my goals are. 
I agree 100% highly overrated and used way too much by um, way too many coaches that don't have enough of an understanding of it and allow their clients just to do it as a way to say, hey, you're in a, in a deficit and don't teach you yeah. the actual day-to-day And I think, people who, I think people who aren't like working with a coach and they try it because mm-hmm. they read an article or something, and I think mm-hmm. this goes for diets, like fad diets and supplements. Uh, I think people try them mm-hmm. already being skeptical. Yep. And I think one of the reasons why people do it is because subconsciously, if it doesn't work, they can just blame the, the diet mm-hmm. and they don't have to look at their behavior. Yeah. So 100%. people will try keto, will try intermittent fasting, because then if they don't lose 10 pounds, they're like, oh, keto doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, intermittent fasting doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Or it, Everything works as long as you're controlling your calories. So mm-hmm. I, I think, uh, yes, it's extremely overrated. Yeah, I agree. What's the next one? Uh, next one. I, not nutrition, as nutrition related, but uh, Turkish get-ups. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> uh, I think I, I I would say they're probably over, very overrated. If you don't know what a Turkish getup is, it's basically an exercise where you're laying on your back and you're holding a kettle, preferably a kettlebell, straight yep. up over your chest. And the goal is you have to get up from your back to a standing position without bending your elbow, and and you know that's the most basic way I can it's describe it. It's a very it's a very, it's a very intricate process. I think it's a cool exercise to teach. Yep. To, to to some advanced clients as a way to like try something new for a few weeks. I actually just did them recently with a couple of clients of mine uh, just to switch things up on like their, but I did it on I like, <laughs> they train, well they train with me five days a week, yeah, so yeah. we did it on like their active recovery day. Yep. So it's just something to work on form, break a sweat, yep. you know, get some core work in, but it's not gonna make you sore the next day. Mm-hmm. However, I think they're super overrated just because they look cool on Instagram, mm-hmm. so people throw them on Instagram. You have see, I'll see people on Instagram holding like a like a girl in yeah, their yeah, like yeah, a yeah. girl in their hand to do a Turkish get up with the the girl wrapped around their arm. Yeah. So it's something that looks cool for Instagram, but realistically speaking, like you know, if you don't even know how to do a lunge, like why bother doing a Turkish get up? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I I agree a hundred percent. Use them on the same notion of what you said. I have a um, young athlete who comes uh, normally five days a week. And uh, we'll do them on his days, either active recovery or just working on functional mobility and yeah. focusing strictly on mobility that day. Uh, I think they're, yes, for the simple reason of holding, when you could just hold the kettlebell instead of a woman in your arm, but that's <laughs> either here nor there. Uh, I also think because the level of difficulty that it, it takes for most people to be able to do them from the base, from the floor up to, you know, to get all the way up to a standing position and back down, most people struggle to do that simply just body weight. Oh, yeah. Let alone, you know, with an actual weight. So, yeah, I agree uh, also on overrated. Um, And then last but not least, uh, I mean, you kind of, we already touched on this, I would say, from the general just basis of the the podcast and the first question. But uh, the third one was keto. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Definitely. (laughs) I I feel like keto is probably, I think application wise mm-hmm. probably worse than intermittent fasting in the amount of people who, who do it and mm-hmm. do it you know incorrectly. W- incorrectly and also with the wrong mindset so yep. like yep. Uh, if you are someone who does keto or who wants to do keto or interested in doing keto understand that like it still comes down to your calories mm-hmm. it's still about eating enough protein and the goal if you are doing keto and if you're not familiar keto means you don't eat any carbohydrates people don't even understand that actual keto diet is like 70% fats mm-hmm. and like 20% protein, protein and whatever and then you get some ancillary carbs or whatever yeah. but like the goal of keto should be to eventually 
be able to eat carbs. Yes, exactly. You know what I mean? So why, if you can still eat carbs and lose the same amount of weight and see the same results, what's the point of eliminating them and then learning and then learning how to fit them back in when you can just eat them the entire time and, mm-hmm. and be totally fine? So, uh, you know, definitely overrated. Yeah, I agree. I, I feel that the, the premise base of what keto was meant for was to, you know, help people to deal with their insulin sensitivities. And this was somehow turned into a, do this, you'll lose a bunch. It's, it's because since it, it fits into the same uh, the same categories like Atkins diet and no carbs and the same uh, relationship around carbohydrates that like our parents and a lot of people before yeah. us have with carbs in general. Well, yeah, and I just, I, I, overall, like, I mean, this isn't just like my opinion. This is like this fact that yep. studies have shown over and over is this that like if protein and calories are are controlled you get the same results whether you're eating carbs or not eating carbs or Mm -hmm. if eating high fat or low fat or high carb or low carb so as long as the calories and the protein are the same you're going to get the same results regardless so might as well give yourself the flexibility to you know if you happen to eat more carbs one day that's fine if you happen to eat a little more fat one day that's fine just controlling your calories um but again these are i know those were kind of off topic but these are kind of what we're talking about like when someone says I'm doing keto and they just start eating, you know, egg whites and vegetables and all and, and all stuff, and then they're like, I can't have bread, I can't have, I can't even have an apple because that's sugar. And then the weekend comes around and someone wants to go out for ice cream. You don't. You either say no for a couple of weeks and then you eventually end up binging, yeah. or you go out for the ice cream and you overdo it and you get the and you feel like shit the next day mm-hmm. and then you're like. Oh, and I, and nothing ever works for me. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you just learned how to be reasonably flexible and fit things in, like, do I go out for ice cream every day? Absolutely not. But like on a random Monday, if I if my wife is like, oh, let's go grab some ice cream because it's the summer's ending, I go. Yeah, yeah, let's just go. Like I go, and you know, and I get what I want to get, and mm-hmm. it's fine, and I just move on the next day. But if I was like, no, I can't have it, I can't have it, which, trust me, I've been like that in the past yeah, before. So I can't have it, I can't have it, I can't have it. Then I end up on Saturday night eating an entire pizza and a pint of ice cream. If I had just had the ice cream cone on Tuesday, I probably wouldn't have even wanted it on Saturday. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. Moderately, consistently, over time, ladies and gents. I think, uh, I think that's what we got. We got for you guys today. We're going to wrap it up here, guys. Uh, we want to thank you, as always, for joining us. Uh, please, if you like the podcast today, please give it a like, a subscribe, and a share. And we look forward to seeing you guys soon. And thank you for coming. We'll talk soon, guys. Yeah, I'm, the same I'm still way. eating yeah. protein every time I eat. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to, you know, brunch and then going out to dinner and, and then, then yeah, coming yeah, home yeah. and eating ice cream. And then, you know, on Sunday, eating pizza and wings all day, watching football. Like, Okay, if I do have a really off Saturday, Sunday's gonna be a little bit more controlled and vice versa. So I think so many people on that same like note, like when it comes to the weekend, and I can even attest to that because I used to do that uh, with coach morning classes, and then I get um, <laughs> I'd get a pack of Oreos. Yeah. And I was like, okay, weekend, I'm taking down two sleeves by the time classes are over. Yeah. And let it, my stomach would feel horrible. I had no energy. I felt horrible. And then from there, I'm like, all right, well, now I'm going out to dinner. I'm going out to Druthers later. Yeah. And then again, my stomach would feel horrible. So for me, it actually, I was actually happy that it affected me from like a health standpoint. It made me feel worse to be 
aware that like no you need to like still Dude. start your day the right way start have, get your protein yeah. your vegetables in and then you can enjoy it you know what's crazy i have dealt with clients who have legitimate physical side effects from eating poorly like if mm-hmm. they drink wine or they eat a lot of sugar the next morning they almost were hung over joint pain yep. and barely get out of bed like and still would do it multiple <laughs> times a week yeah knowing that they had those reactions yeah and then telling me like Oh, it's so annoying. Every time I do this, I have this reaction. And I'm like, just fucking don't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, it's, it's for some people, it's like, I think we take it for granted. But like some people, I don't, I literally have a new client just started with me and she was telling me that like, you know, I'm like, well, what's your problem with weight loss? Like, yeah. the, what's your biggest problem? She was literally like, well, sometimes at dinner, I just eat like so much. I'm like, well, what do you, like, why? Like, yeah, stress? Yeah. And she's like, oh, I just eat. But like, you know, over the last like, you know, probably five weeks. It's probably been three different times where I just ate so much at dinner that I ended up throwing up because I was sick. Sure, Benjamin. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I was like, yeah. damn, like you forget that people do this stuff. Yeah, yeah, you know for sure. I, mean? I think, yeah, the, psych- the psychological aspect behind relationship with food and the nature of food and all of those, like that relationship in general is so under, not under, underestimated, but undervalued, I think, by us, by, by people who have been able to put in those practices over years, over time. Yeah, you know, yeah. To, like, for, I wasn't born with this. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I was very similar. I feel like especially when I was younger, I would yeah. just eat and eat and eat and eat until, you know, I was... 100%. Well, right. I thought it was full, but, like, to be able to figure it out now and just be able to implement those practices now is a... It's a gift, man. It's yeah. a gift. I'm, I'm just happy that we're able to share that with each other and with others, too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So why don't we just... You want to you start recording and start talking? Oh, you were recording already? Oh, he didn't even know, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) We started talking a little bit, guys. Welcome. Welcome. 